Before we get into this episode, I want to invite you to join a community of faith-based storytellers. Yes, Faith Audio Network. Now, Faith Audio Network is our online community designed to sharpen and encourage faith-based storytellers to use their voice uh, and overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So if you know that God is calling you to speak up, if you know that in this season, God is telling you to use your voice, whether that be on stages or launching a podcast or being a guest on podcast or even doing an audio audiobook or some type of audio experience, then I want to invite you to join this community. To learn more, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. This is Michaela, and you are listening to Sharpening Sessions. This week, I have Amber Morrison, author, amazing woman of God, entrepreneur, business owner, you name it. Hi, Amber. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. So, Amber, tell us about yourself. So, as you stated, my name is Amber. I like to say that I am a facilitator of success by way of being a life coach through a company I started called Advice by Amber. So what I do is I help people to become who God has called them to be. So you may say, well, how do you do that if you don't know? I just use faith, vision, and like give them an action plan to try to help them to get closer to who they say they want to be. Ooh, facilitator of success. Come on. I love it. I love it. So Advice by Amber, Mm -hmm. what led you to... First off, start your own company. Mm -hmm. So I've always been that friend that's like, can you help me do this? Or can you look at my resume? Or can you read my essay? I'm trying to get into grad school. Or I would reach goals on my own personal and professional life. And then people would ask me like, well, how did you do that? And so um, my answer was always like, God. But you know, you need to get people more than just, oh, God, pray about it. So I would um, literally help them through all the process. Finding a new job, career change for some of like the older people that I know and it just birthed from me just wanted to help and it just became so much it was like I can get paid for this helping people so I just I just rolled with it and advised by Amber was birthed come on I should have called you when I was in school <laughs> you could have helped me get a job post-graduation so with advised by Amber what are some of the challenges you've met starting a business mm-hmm. so first I would say the biggest challenge was trying to make sure everything was perfect and I always wanted to to have this business, but it literally went through like three different name changes. It took me like three years to like finally just just be like, okay, advised by Amber. The most simplest thing that I could think of, but yet it just took me so long to just be okay with something so simple. So I think really uh, trying to make sure when I'm doing my um, session plannings or my coaching series, just making sure that it's not um, losing the authenticity, the, what's the word? The realness, I would say, that I wanted Mm -hmm. to have by trying to make it so perfect. Okay. So, like, being a coach, you know, what is a coach? What does a typical day in your life look like? Mm -hmm. So, I wake up. I try to say a prayer. It's very hard. Sometimes people think because I um, am a life coach that my life is perfect. And it's not bad. I am blessed, to say the least. So, I thank God for that. But I, like, wake up, pray, think about what I have to do. Most of the time, my computer is in my bed, shamely. And I, like, (laughs) turn over and get started on whether it's something I have to do for work or um, the business and um, I 
just hit the ground running from there and then I get home if I forgot to eat, which is usually most times I eat late at night, which is not good. I'm working on it. <laughs> not good at all. So, um, yeah, so I, I wake up, start working throughout the day. I might have to go to church or do something with uh, my sorority and go to sleep, wake up and do it all over again. <laughs> it's usually a lot of phone calls. My parents like, can you put your phone down? But I, I usually am always on the phone. Technology is very savvy but convenient. Where do you, like, find most of your clients? Like, how does that work? I don't know. Okay. Like, that's why I know that this is, like, God. Because, like, I was thinking that most of them would be, like, Michigan-based people. Because that's where I'm from. But they're, like, Alabama, like, Atlanta. Like, random places that I don't, like, I don't know them. So, it's like, they find me. That sounds cliche, but that's the truth. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you build if you build the house, the Lord will send the people. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> So, visiting your website, the very first thing you see is these beautiful buildings, and it says, faith is the first step to success. Mm -hmm. Can you define what success looks like for you? Being pleasing in the sight of God. So, to me, it's not no amount of money or um, no material thing that I can possess that would make me say, oh, I'm successful. It's when um, I feel like the things that I'm doing, God are pleased with, and to me, that's successful, so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right. That's that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's real deep. <laughs> I was like, all right, you know, most people look at success like, okay, well, I've reached this amount of clients, mm -hmm. or I, you know, finally got the dream job that I wanted, or, you know, my business is booming, but you're like, whatever the Lord has for me, that's mm -hmm. success. Like, Yeah, and I, I wasn't to... always there, so don't get me wrong, like, I... Um, when I got out of school, I was like, I want to have this amount of money in my first job. I'm going to negotiate. I just wanted to do all of these things. So to me, that was success at one point. But as I got um, more, I guess, serious about God, I, things just, my perspective on life is, is different. So, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a concept, and you mentioned it in the beginning, uh, faith, vision, and action. And you pretty much bring out letters in those words, it's on you. Can mm -hmm. you explain that concept? Yes. So I personally believe God won't work if you don't. So there's a scripture that says faith without works is dead. And I, I mean, we all hear it, right? Like mm -hmm. it's one of those beat you over the head type of verses. But when you really think and stop to think about like what that means, it's like you can't just pray for something to happen and you don't do anything. So faith is that foundation, knowing that God will do it first and then vision to me is you have to be able to see it no you won't be able to see everything because he can do far above what we can imagine but you have to have some type of expectation for where you want to go and then the action piece is the plan and sometimes the plan is no plan it's just doing something where do you start first like mm -hmm. you know you have the faith you see the vision, mm -hmm. but with action, like, how did you start Advised by Amber? Like, what was your first step? Mm -hmm. So for me, my friend, she's a, a consultant with the company, and she was putting on something at Cobo Hall in Detroit. It was, um, I can't even remember what it was. It was something where, like, hundreds of students would come, and they needed a speaker. And uh, she asked me, and I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm a kind of like yes person. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then I thought about it like, I have been sitting on this business, this idea for years. Like, there's no way I can go to Cobo Hall and speak <laughs> in front of people and be like, okay, my name is Amber. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm like, I'm not want to be. 
I don't want to be one of those people. And not that something that's wrong with that. It's just I wanted to, um, you know, be professional. I wanted to have something to say, like, I am serious about this. It's not like Snapchat me some money. Like, this is like the real deal. So um, I just hurried up and did it. It was the pressure. It was just like... <laughs> no opportunities missed. And I think what happened was I missed out on another opportunity with Tony Gaskins. I had met him at an event and he had told me to call him, literally told me to call him. And I was like, I don't think he really mean call him, call him. So I'm just going <laughs> to wait. So I waited because he was on tour. So I waited until the tour was over. It was probably like a month later and I called him and it was too late. So it's like, I've never wanted to miss another opportunity. So for me, the first step is writing it out. So I uh, get these journals from TJ Maxx. Don't go spend a lot of money, like $10. They're super cute. <laughs> so um, I wrote it out. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to have a website. I want it to say this. I want them to at least know about me, what I can do, what I offer. And then I just started writing it up one step at a time, though, because I used to be scatterbrained where I had all these ideas. I want to do everything. But um, I just wrote a list, and then I started crossing off. Number one, that's done. Number two, that's done. So just... I mean, I feel like there's no easy answer, but it's like, we can all find something else to do, but if when you just focus on one thing, it just kind of manifests that way. Okay. All right, all right. Did Tony Gaskins want you to go on tour with him? No, he had wanted me to help him write a book. Oh. Well, I had offered <clears throat> to like help him like write a book of like quotes and stuff, and um, he told me to call him. And it wasn't like a guarantee or anything, but he just said to call him, and I, I didn't. So pushing past the pressure. Mm -hmm. So how did that go? Your very first, <clears throat> excuse me, your very first event, like at Cobo Hall on stage. Like, how did that I go for you? Nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. Cause um, I'm like a very open person, and I'm good with talking to people. But it's like um, I'm I'm very like camera shy, as you can see, and uh, <laughs> it's just not my thing to just be like, oh me me. So it was it was weird. And I had two friends come, my friend Shar or not Shar, Shakia and my friend Abby were there. And then I saw one of my old Otina advisors, Miss Nipson, just was randomly there and I just like felt so much comfort when I like seeing her. I'm like, okay, like my family here now. So mm -hmm. I'm okay. So um I just got up there and I had my, my little PowerPoint and I just, you know, practiced it and then I just Said and the response was good. The students were having fun, so it made me have fun. But I um did learn some things that I could like improve on. So it was it was um it was like a learning curve for me just to kind of like get out there and see what I sound like because I didn't know. Okay, yeah. it's always weird when you hear yourself or like when you see yourself on camera. Mm -hmm. I definitely sound like a baby. I probably sound like one right now. Oh, you it's do just... not. <laughs> you do not sound like a baby. <laughs> But yeah, it was different. Okay. So you started your business, Advised mm -hmm. by Amber, but you also just published your first book. Yes. Can you tell us about it? Yes. So um, No Prayer, No Power is a 365-day book of prayer. So it's one prayer for every day of the year. And I like to say that it's perfect prayers for the perfect person. Because a lot of times I feel like um, people grow up knowing about prayer. But I know for me, like, I grew up in a church. I know mm -hmm. about prayer. But still it was something where I felt like I wasn't um qualified enough to pray or my prayers wasn't like deep enough because they weren't the biggest words using all the scriptures and what i found is that um prayer is really simple and i'm that can you pray for me friend people always ask me to pray for them and i don't mind doing it but then in the back of my mind it's like the same power i have you have too so you can pray for yourself but what i learned is that 
people really just don't know how to or they don't feel comfortable doing it. So um, with birth, no prayer, no power is I had experienced a heartbreak for the first time. And it was really hard and I was in a, um, a bad place, I would say. So I knew that I needed to pray, obviously, because to me that was the, the thing that I knew would make me feel better. But like I didn't know what to say, mm-hmm. right? Like no words would come out. So I just began to write prayers and then before I knew it like I was good you had a book (laughs) I'm healed I'm not heartbroken no more and then like to continue the book um I started like when remember I said I'm that can you pray for me friend so whenever people would ask me something I'll write a prayer on that or just things that I would see in the world or the news or that like irritates me about people I would like write it so um then I had a book and I was like I have a book like I need to do something with this so I just started googling back to what are the first steps when you want to do something um I don't know all the answers I googled how can I self-publish a book I found some resources and then I just started doing it and then it happened (laughs) wow that's amazing thank you all birth through a heartbreak see what got what we use well okay I'm sorry what we think is pain Mm -hmm. God uses to provide blessings in other people's lives. Yeah, and I like to say the pain was purposeful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right, y'all. If you're going through pain, the pain is purposeful. Remember yes, that. It Said is. by Amber. Advised by Amber, the pain is purposeful. <laughs> Pray through it. You can push through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with No Power, No Prayer, why the title, No Power, No Prayer? So my um, co-pastor, um, her name is Overseer White, she always would say that. So it's one of those... Um, Things that just get ingrained with you, like treat people the way you want to be treated, like something like that. It was for me, it was no prayer, no power. And it always stuck with me. Like if I'm going through something, the way that I get the power to get out of it, or if I want to um, reach a goal or get a job or pass a test, like no prayer, no power. So for me, it was just like, um, and when I say no, it's N-O. So like no prayer, you have no power. But then in the same breath, now that I think about it, K-N-O-W, like if you know how to pray, you'll know how to have power. So to me, it's just, it was just something that was important to me. So yes. I was like, oh, I can't make the, the name of it that. So. How has writing this book changed your prayer life? A lot. Um, I'm less more trying to be really deep, like I talked about. I'm much more um, simple in my prayers. I don't spend like five hours a day trying to pray. It's like really simple, but it's like truthful. So to me, it's made it become more uh, genuine. I would say. I mean, that's how we're supposed to go to the Lord. Right, like, yeah. it's like talking to your daddy. Like, daddy, mm-hmm. can I have this? Yes. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that is awesome. And with your new book, I, I've, I've been following you on Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram, and I noticed your very first shipment, you sold out immediately. How yeah. did you feel about that? I was confused. <laughs> I was like, wait, I just ordered all of these books, like where did they go? So I'm freaking out. Like, of course it should be an exciting moment, but, um, that kind of like blast on social media was like my freak out reaction. Like, okay, I don't have no more books, but please wait. Like I'm ordering some more. They're coming. So it was just kind of like, I like freaked out. Like, oh my goodness, I don't have no more books. Like people need to pray still. <laughs> like I was just like <laughs> confused. And then afterwards I'm like, oh, this is like, this is cool. Like people really are praying. So it made me happy. Awesome. Afterwards. Yeah. And what made you decide to make it like a devotional, like a daily devotional? Mm-hmm. So um, I have some devotionals and what I found are they're great, like they're great. But what I find is that they're like always written where God is talking to you. So like mm-hmm. um, for me, it's like 
I will always start them and never finish because I don't feel like I was praying. I feel like I was being talked to, which still can be helpful. But um, so with no prayer, no power, I decided to write it in first person. So as the the people who buy the book and who read the book, they're saying like I, like they're mm-hmm. praying to God. So it's like um, for me, that was the difference. And I wanted to see how that would um, impact people by them learning to actually pray for themselves. How's the feedback been? Good. It's so overwhelming. And it's like, um, I pray that people will be blessed by this book, not expecting to like hear about it, just to be like, okay, with knowing like God will get the glory out of it. And I did my part, but to hear like men even. So like women, you know, we're more known to be praying, but to hear like men, like text me and stuff and be like, I'm almost finished. And it's like, you're supposed to be running one every day, but you know, whatever works for you. So it's it's just great. And it just, it holds me accountable for myself. So that's awesome. Yeah. So we're interviewing because you are going to be featured on the cover of this month's issue of Iron mm-hmm. Wifey. And the topic is manifestation. How do you, well, basically, how did you manifest the business and the book in your life? Like, how do you manifest things into your life? Faith, vision, and action. I know that sounds so cliche, but that's literally, like, how I live my life. It's on you. It's, um, yeah, like, and it's not on me in the sense that, like, I have to do it. Like, I become the God. It's just, like, we're a team. So, like, if I work, he'll work. If he move, I move. We're going to eventually meet up to the same place. So, yeah, manifestation is, is real. Speaking things into existence, writing it, making it plain. Like, it's it's easy principles, but it's easy to, like, um, discredit it and say, oh, you know, that's some book. Who really wrote the Bible? Were you there when that happened? But it's like, it works for me. So I can only speak on my experience. No, so. I completely understand. Mm-hmm. And like with manifestation and being an advisor, how do the two go hand in hand? Like, how do you advise someone to manifest something in their life? Mm-hmm. So I would say it first starts with um, a goal. So like that's that vision piece. So what is it that you want to do? And then like you won't know that something manifests if you didn't even have a goal in the first place. So just helping them to like clarify their goal, clarify their focus. And then they can see how they can manifest things in their own life. But I can't manifest something in you or for you. I can only like clarify the road if that and like help you get there. Okay. And do you, what do you see, or I'm sorry, what's one goal that you have for this year Mm -hmm. that you would like to see manifested? So I'm going to be honest because (laughs) I am a person who every single year I have a list of goals and I like execute all of them. But this year was different for me because um, the book wasn't a goal of mine last year, nor was my business. So, um... This year, my only one goal is to submit myself to God and let him, like, lead. Ooh, amen. So I don't have a goal besides that. That is a goal. And that's the honest truth, yeah. So I'm like, because I, I, my fear is that um, I'll just set my own goals and then they won't align with what God's goals are. So um, being that the business, the book was not my goal, it's like some maybe me... Um, having all these new year resolutions is hitting the mark. So I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of stop. And I'm really kind of nervous about that because I'm used to having like a plan. So now I'm just kind of, I'm just going with it. I mean, you still have a plan. <laughs> so it's like this goal of submission. And ooh, let me tell you, submission is, it's a beast. 
I'm but ready for it. It's a beast. It's definitely a beast. It's definitely something that takes prayer mm-hmm. to tackle. But, you know, no prayer, no power. Right. Um, but that being a goal in itself, like, that gives you more more to focus on. Because mm-hmm. it's something that you can just solely pour your heart into. Yep. That's the goal. Come on. That's amazing. So we know your goal for this year. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? In five years, I would like to be working full-time as a life coach through Advice by Amber. Um, hopefully another book or two on how to reach goals. So my next book will be called Faith, Vision, Action is on You. I haven't started writing yet, but when I do, hopefully it'll be out within, within five years. All right, and y'all heard I would it here like first. To be, oh, coming. yeah, you did. You <laughs> heard coming. it here first. <laughs> um, I would like to be married okay. by that time. I feel like that's around the time where I need to be married. Or would like to be married. Not that I need to be, but would like to be. Um, have a family. Just seeing my goal of this year manifest within five years and see where, where God leads me. Well, when you submit to the Lord, he'll grant you the desires of your heart. Yes, Lord. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an amazing scripture to live by. So what is your favorite verse or scripture mm-hmm. that you reflect on? Mine is um, lean not to your own understanding. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on not onto your own understanding. Proverbs three it's, five. Yes, I got you, you boo. It's yes. definitely my favorite. Um, I have a lot of favorites, but that's the one that I um I would say go to the most because remember my goal this year is just to kind of live in submission. So, um, when I think that something should be going one way or outcome should have been one way, I have to remind myself it's not about what my mind could think is the right way. So, I like I love that verse. Amen. Mm-hmm. What is some of the best advice you've ever received? finish what you started and so I feel like my parents are the first people to have always told me that specifically uh, my dad is kind of like a finish what you started type of person and so for me I would um set out to do a lot of stuff and then like probably stop but now I'm like I have to finish what I start and that does not mean finish and be successful it's finished because if I don't finish then I don't know what the result is anyway so um, for me, it's like when I say I'm going to do something, I literally do it. And that's back to the making it manifest. It's like, I, that's why I'm careful on what I say now, because mm-hmm. when I say it, it's going to happen. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm really careful on what I say. So that's definitely my, the best advice that I have heard is to finish what you start. Okay. What advice do you have for someone who, I mean... I guess is about to start something mm-hmm. and they don't really know what they're doing or they're about to follow their dream. Mm. That's a good question. I would say kind of a spinoff on what the best advice I heard. So not necessarily finish what you started, but remember why you started. Because to me, I think that if you can always go back to why you had this big idea in the beginning or a small idea and why you wanted to step out and do something is because there was some purpose underneath that. So mm-hmm. if you can remember that, no matter what happened, like you'll be able to finish if you don't forget why you started. That's awesome. Why did you start? I started because I feel like I wouldn't have been, I don't know if content is the word, but I just felt like, God was calling me to more. So I was never in a comfortable space, no matter 
graduating from college, first generation, getting into the number one um, grad school in the country for my uh, degree in social work. Like, those are like great things. And it was like, to me, it never was enough. And people would be like, oh, that's amazing. Like, congratulations. And it's just like, it, it wasn't that I was ungrateful. It's just like, it, it's, it's something more like, is something more so for me it was um knowing that it was something more one and two is because i feel like a lot of people look up to me and not just like um people within my age group but like my younger siblings and though they may like never say it mm-hmm. i know it so it's like if i don't become all i'm supposed to be there's a, probably a good chance that they won't because um i feel like i'm an example mm-hmm. so um and then when I think about two, I guess it's the third reason on why why I um, continue to do what I'm doing is because I didn't really have um, bold, younger, like, Christian examples. And I grew up in a great church, great family. But for me, it's like I didn't look up to them. It was just kind of like, you know, this is what we do. We go to church and, you know, it is what it is. But it wasn't like... I see you and I want to be like you. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have that. So I'm trying to be something that I knew that I wanted when I was growing up. That's awesome. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I mean, it takes that person that starts in order to be the person that everybody looks up to. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Iron Wifey is a faith-based women's magazine. And mm-hmm. our motto is based on Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. And the scripture says, as iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. So mm-hmm. Iron Wifey, our motto is, as iron sharpens iron, so one woman sharpens another. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when you hear that phrase? I love that. I love that. And to me, the first thing that I think about is um, being vulnerable, which is something that I uh, was not good at. But with writing a book and people asking, who made you write this book? You can't just be like, oh, you know, I was just sitting in the closet one day and start writing. Like, you got to mm-hmm. open up and tell the truth. So... For me, like, um, being vulnerable and honest as a woman, I feel like empowers or encourages other women to do the same. Because we go through so much. Like, I know, and we're young, and people are like, keep living. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I won't keep living if I'm keeping everything bottled up inside. I'm going to, like, burst. Like, my health's going to decline. Like, I have to, like, release. So, for me, it's um, being honest and letting people see, like, you don't have to be perfect. Again, perfect prayers for the perfect person. It's just um, being real with yourself and having a... um, desire to want to do better okay Ooh, come on <laughs> you need to be writing for the magazine <laughs> so in what ways do you sharpen other women in christ mm-hmm. i would say um being um inviting like welcoming and just um being me i'm silly i like to have fun i'm sarcastic working on that because sometimes it's not always a good thing <laughs> but um i just feel like just being myself in it um will help people to want to be themselves too so I know like my friends or my sorority sisters they can call me if I haven't talked to them in like however long and I would just be the same today as I was yesterday so it's kind of like um being that consistent diligent like type of person I think is is how I um exude my iron sharpening for people around me all right so Amber Morrison iron wifey to be, we'll get there. Yes, I received <laughs> we'll that. get there. But I mean, the term I took the term wifey because you know, in school we all kind of, you know, like 
mature women, mm -hmm. especially mature Christian women, are always wifey material. Right. And so, mm, you, God, I like that. <laughs> yes, we're always wifey material. <laughs> so even unmarried, we are still wives. Mm -hmm. And even you know, just being Christians in general, all of us are the brides of Christ. Mm -hmm. So you want to be married in the next five years? I'm praying for you to be married in the next five years to have your family. But <laughs> in the you. meantime, you are still an iron wifey. Thank you. Thank this you. is awesome. <laughs> so is there anything else that we should know about you, about your book, where people can find information about the book or how mm -hmm. they can get it or how they can get in contact with you? So my website is advisedbyamber.com. Okay. Um, my Instagram is underscore advisedbyamber. Twitter and Facebook handles are also advisedbyamber. And um, you can get the book from my website. You can get it from Amazon. It's on um, Amazon Kindle as well. I'm working on Barnes and Noble, so when Ooh. I get that, you'll hear it first. Amen. <laughs> so that's where they can get the book and be in touch with me. Um, I'm pretty, you know, nice person, so they write me something, I respond. I'm not like, oh, you know, my calendar told book, I can't say something. So reach out, I'll say something back. And yeah, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Humbled by this experience, I'm so excited to see where Iron Wifey is going to go Aww. and to know that I had. Um, a part of your success. I'm excited about that. Well, thank you for thank joining you. me. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, if there's any gentlemen out here listening, you guys <laughs> heard it here first. Our very first sharpening session with Amber Morrison, author, entrepreneur, businesswoman, woman of God. Thank you, Amber. Thank you.